if our world started making God their refuge. And that is what we want to pray. So as you put in prayer requests this week, certainly we want to pray that God will meet the needs that you have. That is very important to us. But greater than just God meeting that particular prayer need, we want to pray that God would be your dwelling place, that he would be the driver for you. He goes on to say, Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And this is just talking about the greatness of God. This is why he deserves to be our refuge, because he has always been, always will be. He can be counted upon. I can't cross Actually, it's Anthem of uh, Canterbury. Small little joke there. Anyway, he was describing, the bishop in Canterbury was describing uh, who God is. And we're going to come back to this phrase, this definition, but it is God is being defined as a being than which nothing greater can be conceived. A being than which nothing greater can be conceived. Imagine if our world found their refuge and found their resting place and came to the God that can that nothing nothing else could be greater than God and that is who we as a church worship Jesus Christ and point people to Christ and that will be our driving prayer for you and for our country uh, this week so let's pray together father thank you that you are oh have always been and are pursuing us and that we don't have in our hearts to you Father, thank you that there is nothing greater that can be conceived than you. And so, Father, I pray not only for our church family who have all kinds of needs. Uh, God, I pray you'd meet those needs. But, Father, I pray that our church family would put their hope and trust in you, that you would be their refuge, that you would be their strength. And, Father, we pray for our country. We pray uh, for those in leadership. We pray for those making decisions. God, may our country turn to you would be the only one that we would look to. Father, we commit our hearts to you. We recognize that there is nothing greater that can be conceived than you alone, and may our hope and trust be in you and you alone. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you brought your Bibles uh, or you brought your phone, you want to turn to Ephesians chapter 10, why we're in the book of Ephesians. Paul is talking to a group of followers of Jesus Christ, and they're in a pre-Christian environment. The culture is going crazy around them. All kinds of, of, of horrible, horrible things that were going around them. And Paul is addressing this, this, the church saying, how do, we, how do we, one, get along with one another? We saw this last week. How do we get along with one another who are followers of Christ, who have difference of opinions, who have been brought up different than us? How do we all proceed? And we'll talk about that in just a moment. And then also, how does the church effectively operate in a culture that is totally antithetical to everything we believe? Now, I know this is not applicable to today, but let's pretend that it is. Let's pretend that our culture is not pursuing God. Let's pretend how do we as a church engage our culture? How do we move towards our culture in a way that shares Jesus Christ in an effective way? So... Chapter uh, 3, 1 through 13, Paul, in fact, the, the first three chapters, as you know, what you chapters, he's going to remind us who 5 and 6, so we can then follow uh, in shaping our lives according. Made a commitment to Jesus Christ. You are unique, amazing, 
who doesn't want to feel this way, that you're loved, you're valued, you're unique, you're chosen, you're adopted, you're forgiven, you're a gift from God, but also other people who, uh, who you come in contact with who are followers of Christ, they too are loved, valued, unique, chosen, adopted, forgiven, and they are a gift from God. So here's where we landed last week, and then we'll jump into chapter 3. Ephesians 2 from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. All other religions talk about how do you get to God? What do you, how do you perform in such a way that you can gain God's approval? And Christianity is only verse 13, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. It's through what he's done for us. You and I have relationship with Jesus Christ because of what he's done. He united Jews and Gentile groups. In fact, the Jews called, have this amazing, amazing when you brought Jesus to us, he's united using the wall of hostility that brings opposites near to one another. It's multiplier to bring into harmony those who otherwise wouldn't mix. That the blood of Jesus Christ is the emulsifier that brings us all together. Jesus not only brings, think of all this, because how you think shapes how you live. How you think shapes how you live. He says, when I think about this, that it's the blood of Christ that gave us opportunity to know, to know God, to come into relationship with him, and he has united this, verse 1 continues, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ for the benefit of you Gentiles. Call Paul, think about this. He, if you remember, Paul, the words of Jesus Christ. He hated uh, the Gentiles. And now you have a guy who's come in contact with Jesus Christ, and the blood of Christ has changed him, and now he calls himself a prisoner, that he sees himself as a blessing to the Gentiles. Now, the other part that catches me in here is this whole idea that says, I'm a prisoner. Paul is now in jail at this particular time. He is chained to a position among soldiers is to get stuck in a, in a jail cell with chained to somebody else. And so does Paul talk about, does he complain about his situation as being a prisoner? If I were riding this letter, I would and I'm stuck with this person that I don't care for and I've been unjustly put into jail, which is true, but Paul does not use this at all to say, look at my horrible situation. He spoke, even the negative circumstances of your life can be leveraged with God's purposes in mind. Imagine if you and I began to navigate uncertain times in such a way to say, God, who do not know you yet that I would be a blessing, that I'd be a breath of fresh air, because all of us can gripe and complain about where, uh, where things are. But Paul says, no, I'm going to be a prisoner of God for a higher calling. If we're not careful, is not how can we be a blessing? Pleasure life that is pert. Good on him. Think about what God done for me lately to make my life less miserable and less complicated. Instead of me saying, be a blessing to others. He goes on to say, we want God's work to be an event rather than a process. And that's why I want to encourage you. We live, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, saying, I just can't wait till we get through this season. But what if we began to...
I wonder what process God is up to in my own life in this particular season. I don't like the season. It's not what I would choose. But how can God use me? How can he develop me in this particular season for something bigger than just my own company? Look at verse 6. And this is God's plan. Equally in the riches inherited enjoy the promise of blessing that, that joins us together. We have distinction bigger, which unifies us. Breathing very nice. Your view about COVID at this particular time. What unifies us is not Big Ten football. Well, yeah, well that does. But other than that, what unifies us is the blood of Jesus Christ that he died. I became a servant of the gospel of the gift of God's grace. He becomes a servant of saying, I want to be a part of something bigger. And he's going to tell us what that, what that is in just a moment. I want to be a part of something bigger. And if you are exhausted and you are a gift of God's grace, given to me through the working of his power. The word working in the Greek means energy. And power is a reference to the dynamic power of God. That when you say yes to God's purposes, He gives you Godly as you. But we have to come to a point where we say, I want to live for something bigger than just my comfort, my pleasure, and predictability. The church is a diverse family unified through Jesus. Jesus. Brett talked about worship of God and then sharing of, of God's love for us. That is the goal of the church. Look at verse 8. Though I am the least deserving of all the people, he graciously, notice this, gave measures that are available to them in Christ Jesus. My prayer for New Cove has been that we would have this kind of an attitude that we would see are a privilege of telling other people about the endless treasures. In fact, Warren Wearsby puts it this way about the un, uh, endless treasures. Unfathomable, endless, untraceable. They are so vast you cannot discover Christ. That we would see it as a privilege of where God has us right now. That before the foundation of the earth, he knew that you and I would be exactly here at this particular time. And now here's how he unveils God's particular plan. Verse, the administration of this mystery, the mystery is how do people come to know God, for which ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Here it is, verse 10. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold in heavenly realms. Don't, don't get confused. This is, this is really a cool thing that Paul is doing here. He says his intent was that through a great variety of colors, and we have the opportunity, what he's saying here. God wants created, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, the church. Now, don't act so bored, please. This is incredible that through all the ages, all through the Old Testament, the greatness of God, the manifold, uh, the variegated colors, the distinctiveness of God, that he's calling people to him and he's going to use one thing in particular and the angels who are created beings who are there just at God's call, they're not out of mission, so they don't this. But he's peering over the heaven and saying, watch this, watch this, look what I'm going to do to get the message of Jesus Christ out. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to create this and he points at us as the church. Called as the family been called to do to carry out verse 10. 
that through the church, the manifold wisdom, the manifold greatness of manifold wonder about God could be made known to those around us. This is amazing. God is going to use the church. What, is, what, what I want to say is, who, who, who makes up the church? You and I make up the church. God's call on your life and on my life is that in you and I, the places that God has put us beginning at home and in our neighborhoods and work. How, how do you and I show the man and apply it? We live by faith. And today that you are the church, whatever circumstance we're in, it's a privilege of taking privilege to do that. The rich colors of God's manifold wisdom. Let me change that to say, you are like a prism displaying the rich color of God's manifold wisdom. What a, what a privilege for us. The church, you and I, we are a microcosm of the kingdom. So think about this. When Jesus said, pray this way, your kingdom come, your will be done. Do you realize that when we pray, may up, what's up there happen down here, he's saying, may you live out what's going on up there. May you live it out here. The way we interact with one another, the way we handle conflict, the way we handle a diverse the way we as a follower of Jesus Christ, so that I live my life in a way that the manifold greatness, the variegated colors of God, shows through in my personality and my distinctiveness. Reflection of our culture, the church should be a reflection of Jesus. You should not be a reflection of the culture where God has you. You should be a reflection. Should not reflect the culture. While in the culture, I should not reflect it. I should reflect Jesus Christ in the way that I handle what comes before me in the season that I live. We are a demonstration that the heavenly values will be lived out at home. Heavenly values will be lived out. We respond to people so that the manifold greatness, the variegated colors of God are seen wherever God has placed us. What a privilege for us. From all the Old Testament up until now, the angels have been waiting. What's the big plan? What's the big plan? What's the big plan? And don't get overwhelmed with it. Just interact with God. Know God's word and act in faith. Some outdated rather connect with God on their own. Shall I read that sentence again? Uh, not here. But when we see God's design, could come up with such a beautiful and ingenious plan. You're the plan. I'm the plan. You and I have the privilege of sharing the manifold greatness, the variegated colors of God wherever we go, how we handle ourselves, how we handle highs and lows and us who are followers of Christ, but to the world, to worship God together and to share God. You and I are not an accident. You're not an accident. You are a part of a brilliant plan that's, and, and in parenthesis next to your, our creation was the plan. You are the plan. You are the plan. The church is the plan. So that means new cove is the plan. New cove is messy. We are messy, messy, messy. You're messy. I'm messy. We're all messy. And by the way, just parenthetically, one of the values of new cove is we clean up what we mess up. But we keep, I keep privileged to be a part of the New Cup family because God has placed us exactly where he wants us, placed you exactly here at this time to make a difference, not only in the, the relationship with other followers of Christ, 
but also with those outside. So do not spend eternity with him afterwards. Understand what it means to know God. We, we put reason to act on what God. Authentic relationships, community matter, our world for Jesus Christ. We want to be a reflection of Jesus, not a reflection of our culture. You and I are part of the plan. So my response to that is, as you respond, is to say, count me in. I want to be a part of the, of the family of God that shows the manifold greatness, the variegated colors of God. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, God, how I pray, that it's evident that people need Jesus. Father, I pray that our lives would be lived in response to your love for us, of a huge plan, and that you have given us the... Father, may we... Amen. I'd like for you to take your phone, and if you would text that, respond, count me in, in our community, and we'll be praying that God bless our church as we follow and do what God has called us to do.